0: Welcome to People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. I'm Mark Pfeffer. Today, my guest is Martin Parrow. He's the CEO of When I Work, a workforce management platform that provides integrated scheduling, time tracking, and team messaging for shift workers. We'll talk about the impact of COVID-19, this product, and the dynamics of shift workforces. All on this week's People Tech, brought to you by Criteria. Finding and retaining great talent is a challenge, and Criteria can help. Their assessments help you make better talent decisions by identifying high-potential candidates. Learn more. Visit www.criteriacorp.com. That's www.criteriacorp.com. And now, Martin, thanks for joining me. Let's start with the most basic questions. Tell me about when I work. What does when I work do?
1: Yeah, sure, Mark. Um, So when I work, our mission is to make shift-based workplaces awesome. And that puts us into the workforce management domain, um, kind of a subset of uh, human capital management. Um, Our solution uh, features scheduling, right? Um, You know, in a shift-based environment, you know, hospitality, food service, uh, mobile healthcare, uh, logistics across all the different verticals um, that, you know, the common thing is people have different schedules all the time. Right. And so in a sense, the, the core solution um, in those environments for employees is scheduling, which is why we're called uh, when I work. Um, we've always, um, taken the viewpoint of solving the problem of making schedules that make employees and employers and shift managers happy for, um, but mostly from the standpoint of the uh, the employee. Um, so you know our solution is mobile. Um, the 99% of the end users um, who are the shift workers have the complete experience on uh, the mobile device and of course on the back end we're a full, um SaaS-based uh, provider, um, so you know that's that's what we do.
0: You and I talked
1: during HR Tech. One of the things
0: that you said to me was that products like yours should solve problems through the lens of the employee. Could you expand on that a little bit? What do you, what do you mean by that, and why is it important?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. So if we if we go back a little further in history in in HR Tech, um, you know, sort of once upon a time, the first pieces of technology were all about becoming the system of record, right? They were like databases with advanced functions around them for storing information about um, employees and labor and organizational structures and relationships. And it's kind of moved on after the mid 90s into the mid 2000s on being um, a, a, you know, systems of automation. Then it was about how can we do workflows and move away from paper. And as soon as that happened, it, be, it began the era of the end users employees in an organization now becoming users of HR software, which, by the way, was generally a terrible experience uh, for them. They were sort of subjected to participating in the processes. And in the last 10 years or so, we've entered a new era where these systems are really more systems of engagement, right? And so they're things that employees use every day um, or very frequently. And in particular, for us in shift-based environments, where if you go through that same sort of like analog in history, the only point that an employee that's shift-based would interact with their company digitally was a time clock, right? They don't get a laptop with a corporate email address and an Outlook account and a calendar and the rest of it. And, and today, like they're not using things like Slack and Microsoft Teams and Zoom and everything else we're doing as knowledge workers. And so they would just come in and punch a clock and that was it, right? Like two character lines, displays, beeps, and a keypad, um, and so the sort of combination of the mobile device becoming ubiquitous, um, advances in cloud-based software provided the opportunity uh, f- uh, to rethink these systems and solve the problems for employees. Which is, um, how can I have a digital experience that you know is with me for my job? And for us, that starts with like figuring out what their schedule is, participating in choosing some of the shifts in their schedule. Like we, um, you know, we do a lot of self-scheduling. That's really big across our customer base. Trading shifts with other uh, people that have been assigned them um, and communicating digitally in like a chat application inside our app, um, you know, like with the other people in their organization, their supervisors, the other employees. And so all of a sudden what used to be, um, you know, one small component of HR for doing, getting hours correct for payroll has now become an operating system um, that is kind of the beating heart of something that every employee that works in a shift-based environment uses must use, right? Every time they come into work, um, they interact with the system. Um, They care about their schedule a lot, right? It's like a critical thing. It's like balancing your life and your job when you work um, is something people want to participate in and want to know about and want to spend time Um, You know, using a system so they can get the shifts uh, that they want. And so, bit by bit, um, there's been a transformation of sort of who has the power, if you will, um, to make the deployment of these systems in, in enterprises successful. It's not just now Back-end users at, in the payroll department, in the HR department, it's the employees. Um, and in in a way, it's like, we, you, you, I think that's, this is an overused phrase, but we talk about consumerization, right? This is a really good example of how no one decided that we should do that. It just sort of happened with all these other forces uh, going along. And so, um, when I work was founded in two thousand um, and ten uh, and Chad Halverson was our uh, founder he 's still with the company he's our chief experience officer and he, he's kind of a thought leader for um the you know the hourly work environments and he used to work in um, a grocery store you know, in Minneapolis and was always frustrated with um his schedules and figuring out how to get them and 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 set about like building something to to solve that he's not you know like an hr tech person historically that comes from other spaces that he was just solving it um and the vast majority of our employees have worked in hourly environments like they're passionate about it um And so, you know, we've just always been very employee oriented. Of course, our system has to provide the correct hours. Of course, we try to make sure that we honor budget constraints and requirements and and everything else, but we take the most pride in satisfying the employee end users. Um, You know, we have 85% weekly engagement across the end users of of all of our, um, you know, we have about 1.5 million employees using our system. Um, And 85% touch that system, at least on a weekly basis. Um, The ratings for our application, that's the number one thing we, um, you know, when I look at our metrics in our business of, is our R&D teams being successful? Are we creating more value? Are we building a good product? Um, The number one metric we use for that is the App Store rating um, on the iOS App Store um, and the Google Play Store, which we insist on being 4.6 out of five or higher. And they are, right? And so like, it's just, that orientation goes all the way through our company and it does things like tell us if we're going to make an investment in another feature or, um, you know, is, what's more important, Like, right? Is it making the end users happy um, and giving them value um, or is it adding sort of like one more esoteric compliance rule? We're generally going to go for, um, you know, like whatever makes the end users um, satisfied and happy. And the belief there, and it's played out, is if they like it and they find it valuable, they use it. If they use it, the company gets value because getting people to use one of these systems is the, one of the most difficult parts, right, of like doing any kind of like enterprise software uh, rollout. So that, that that's some examples of what we mean when we say um, solving the problem through the lens of the employee and being employee-centric.
0: Now, I, I can't resist asking. You say that you insist on having a rating of 46 you know, in the app store, what happens if you don't, you know, if, if you're, if your rating slips down to four, three or something like that.
1: Yep. what's your reaction? Yeah. yeah. That's a good question. So um, when it, it doesn't happen very often and when it does, because like mostly it's a defensive strategy, right? It's like we're up there and we are continually paying attention to what end users are saying, what the ratings are. When we do a release, if there's um, you know, a technical issue, we're all over it like we don't let that sit, right? And, and so it's mostly about the, like what you choose to pay attention to and where you put your focus and how, what you consider an emergency, right? Um, and so whenever something happens, you know, it's it's been, I think, more than a year since that even happened at all. But when it does, it's usually, um, and by the way, we can push out releases every day. Like we're a full agile shop, uh, fully mm-hmm. cloud-based. We don't have any on-premise customers, no legacy customers. Everyone's on the same multi-tenant version, um, and so if we break something, right, um, if we break something, we like all hands on deck, uh, we fix it. And we, we know we've broken it because the end users use our stuff, like I said, 85% weekly, 65% daily. Um, and so we hear about it and all hands are on deck to, to fix it right away. And pe- pe- people know that and they generally appreciate, um, you know, how responsive we are on that. A lot of other enterprise software companies, you know, I'm not saying they're they're wrong, um, but they've, they've been around for a long time. They've gone through different generations. They've got lots of customers and they now have mobile apps or responsive design mobile front ends that have a subset of features. It's just like sort of one more way for them. And for us, it's the product, right? Like it's, it's the product. Like that's what the product is. It's not some other separate interface that a few people use. It's the main thing. Um, and so we're all over it let's take a break.
0: I'm talking with Martin Hartshorn, CEO of When I Work, and this edition of People Tech is sponsored by Criteria. They help you find great talent with assessments that have been designed and validated to predict job performance. They objectively evaluate the skills and abilities that lead to success and then go further by highlighting candidates who may have been overlooked based on experience alone. The result? Increased revenue, reduced turnover, and raised quality of hire across the board. Learn more at www.criteriacorp.com. Back to my conversation with When I Work's Martin Hartshorn. Now, one of the things that strikes me about um, shift workers, given where we are today, a year, more than a year into the pandemic, most of the discussion in HR seems to be about returning to work or hybrid work um, shift workers for the most part they're not returning to work because they never stop going they they have to show up right so they they have a different dynamic uh, from most other employees and I'm wondering how the pandemic changed their dynamics you haven't seen a lot you know said about that but how is how is their life different? How is their job different now uh, in yep. this whole new environment?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a great question. And the shorter answer is, it is very different. Um, and I'll highlight some of the ways in which it is. First, I'll say I definitely empathize with um, all the shifts that are going on in the knowledge-based worker economy, um, the, the sort of like white collar environment, the, the salary-based workers, I'm one of those. Um, most of the people that work in my company are in that space, and I'm a CEO trying to lead them through um, the uh, the pandemic and um, all of the sort of existential crises of the past year. Um, and so that's all legitimate, and I don't bemoan um, most of HR talking about returning to work and remote work, and I'll be doing hybrid and all those things. Those are top of mind for me as the leader of people in our company. Having said that, we've also had to pay very close attention at When I Work to our customers, which are not those kinds of companies, right? Um, they And the other thing that's interesting um, in our customer base, we have over 36,000 customers. Uh, they're using the product across over 175,000 workplaces. Um, and, you know, about 33,000 of those customers are small businesses And about 2,500 are medium and large-sized businesses. Our largest customer has 25,000 employees. Our smallest customers have like 15 employees, right? So we've got all kinds. And if you look at the the industry pie chart, if you will, of the distribution, uh, it pretty much mirrors the Bureau of Labor Statistics numbers of employees by vertical of hourlies, right? And so we've got everything. Um, We're not just a restaurant or hospitality a player. We are a horizontal scheduling player. So we've seen all these different environments. And some of these things are different in different shift-based environments, right? And so you take food service and hospitality who have tr- been transformed more than any other um, in the shift-based subset. Um, like the first thing that they had to deal with was being closed, which, by the way, has never happened. Like restaurants and hotels they're always open that's that's what they do right and they they're they're open when we're off work so we can go and use them putting aside all the challenges those organizations had in certain in terms of capital and payroll and costs and and money and the rest of it from a work perspective um one of the biggest challenges they faced is having to completely redo their business models of how they interact with their customers right and so you've seen so many food service outlets restaurants stay open, but completely transform their business model, where the in-room dining is no longer the thing. So it's changed the the complement of labor that they need. It's changed the um how much you know how many hours there are available. And the biggest thing in those environments which generally have relied on a heavy amount of algorithmic forecasting and historical data and linear regression to predict demand and predict labor requirement and then drive schedules. All that's been thrown out over the past year because like looking at what it was one year ago is now completely useless, right? It's like, what's happening now? And also we don't even know, like, are we going to be open in two weeks? Are we going to be dine in? Are we going is the patio going to be open? Right. And so um, people have had to be far more agile um, in these environments. And that's like, I'll say that word with a capital A. It's one of the big takeaways in answering your question is agility has become the most important attribute. In shift-based workplaces over the past year, and when I say agile, I don't just mean that you can, you know, quickly do this and quickly do that. I mean you can change and adjust fast. Now, um, what's been helpful for our customers with our product, and we, you know, we've actually done quite well in the past year. We've grown. There's been so many customers coming to us because our product is fairly lightweight. Like we don't have an implementation. We don't have Um, you know, this like long process where we ask a bunch of questions and bringing consultants to configure everything. Even if you have 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 employees, you can get up and running in a week. Um, One of the biggest sets of customers we've picked up in the past two months have been all of these operations, some of them government-led, some of them private hospital-led, setting up um, vaccine operations with 1,000, 1,500, 2,000, 3,000 employees in them and getting up and running within a week um and they're choosing us because they can right and they can because we're in 34,000 small businesses our whole system is set up so somebody can come to our website download the app set it up configure it use it and not need you know a bunch of like heavy lift and shift type work to get up and running and that all that's what that's how we can help and how we have helped provide the agility this week it's 1000 people next week it's lower right in a in a food service environment um, I don't need, uh, you know, I don't need uh, wait staff anymore, but I need more people cooking. I need delivery drivers. And so there's been so many changes um, and agility has become so much more important um, across all those environments. The second thing um, that, and this is, this is something in common with the knowledge-based environments, but it plays out differently is empathy. Again, in the knowledge-based environments, we've been talking about like taking care of employees and being sensitive to their lives and their needs and their well being and their health, like physical and mental, for years. That's been dialed up to 11, right, during the pandemic um, for HR professionals. Now, nobody ever talked about that at all in shift based environments. We still, there's just been this longstanding mentality that it's like sort of commoditized labor, um, manufacturing style economy, um, and you can get anyone to do those jobs in, like, which by the way was never true. Um, but now just the, the level of empathy required for workers who do have to go to work. That's the thing. It's like, well, we've been suffering at home with our kids running around and not being able to socialize. There are shift workers who only get paid if they go to work, there is no salary and they have to go to work and they're scared. And now the employer takes some responsibility if they're smart and they want to keep their people. And they want them to be productive anyway for their health, for their well-being in these environments. And so again, they've had to implement all sorts of measures. Um, and even though many of the shift-based workers are required to go to some location across all these different uh, industries, everyone has still been trying to minimize the interactivity of um, employees and workers when when not necessary. So there were a lot of things even with a system like ours where people were using it for scheduling and clocking and time tracking, um, they still had a lot of other sort of communication processes that were not digital, right? Like in the break room, on the board, grab the overtime shift. Here's the, here's a poster, like, again, cause they're not using corporate email and now they've gone to into a into a form of digital transformation for the shift worker, which is okay. We need, they have phones, And they've been pushing and using our system um, in our customer base, for example, um, to chat with each other, to um, get employees to select their own shifts. Because again, agility, demand changes. I have no idea. I put the shifts up, it changes. Everyone is listening to it, paying attention and taking those shifts off their devices and trading them. And however you can get it done is the way, is the new way. There's no magic perfect way of optimally doing the schedule now. It's like getting it done and getting everybody happy and trying to be empathetic and sensitive to the needs, availability, requirement, family demands, you know, school, remote school on site, daycare open or not. Like these concerns we all have, they're far more um, damaging, right, to someone who's in a shift-based environment and needs to still put food on the table. So, you know, agility and empathy have been at the forefront. But the, the, the things I've just shared talk about how they play out a little differently than they do in the knowledge worker um environments.
0: Absolutely. By the way,
1: those things are gonna stick. Uh, that's I mean, I don't know if that's where we're going here, but like I, I don't see that going back. You can't you can't suddenly do more to be sensitive to the needs of shift workers and help them get schedules that better allow them to manage their families and be happier in their jobs and feel more part of your company brand taking care of, you're not gonna take that away. Right. So this has just raised the bar, uh, which makes sense because these are accepted doctrine. Right um, in the knowledge economy, and so it's about time that they come into the shift based environment as well.
0: Okay. How has all this changed your approach? Have you had to design differently, build differently, uh, focus on different kinds of features?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. It's, it hasn't changed it a lot. In, um, I'm going to say you can, you can decide where're some combination of brilliant with foresight and or lucky. Um, because the nature of our system, you know, the things that it's good at, right? Like being agile, nimble, lightweight, um, having an excellent employee experience, those things have all paid off because now there's that's the only way, right? Now people have to do those things, right? And so to give you an example, um, we've always had the capability of doing a flexible self-scheduling, but not all of our customers were using that. And flexible self-scheduling means you, you know, you lay out, you lay out the schedule according to like labor requirement with some, you know, automated features and a little bit of manual. And then you say it's publish and the employees get notified um, and they can take shifts, adjust them, change them, trade them. And you, you have the ability to approve and whatever. Um, I've, I've, I believe that's the best way to do scheduling. I think it's more important to have a schedule where the most amount of people in it are satisfied with it. Um, That's actually more valuable than trying to like solve a perfect math equation. But, you know, we had about, I'm going to say 35 to 40% of our customer base using those methods and the balance, you know, um, shift supervisors or schedulers were putting employees into shifts and that that's your shift. Like, Hey, Mark, this is your schedule. Good luck. Right. Um, And sometimes there are policies about changing them afterwards. Most of our customers would at least do that. But for the most part, they were taking the burden of scheduling what's happened is um, the vast majority of our customers that were not using self-scheduling are now using self-scheduling, which means like the feature requests to add add changes, adjustments, new bells and whistles, configuration options, you know, coming across new um, edge case challenges in different verticals about self-scheduling has become a big part of the roadmap and things we've been executing and focusing on um, through it. Um, And the, the second is communication. So similarly, you know, um, a minority of our customer base uh, we're using a part of our application that allows employees to chat with each other. Um, and the ones that weren't, we're sort of not not there yet on do I want them to be able to do that, right? Like if you go back 10 years, are someone allowed to bring their phone to work? That seems like a ridiculous idea now. Thank God they have them. How else would we be having um, the different software that we need them to use? Um, but like the, you know, applications where they can communicate with each other, um, like what's the deal with that? And, uh, you know, we have that capability and it's also the adoption of that is accelerated dramatically. It's because they want to keep the face-to-face discussions that are not necessary from happening, right? And so there's this like, um, there's this digital remote experience for shift-based workers with their colleagues and their supervisor and their peers that's happening in the software. Um, And that's now become part of their work experience, right? We talk about the employee experience and now that employee experience for shift-based workers has gone outside of the building. Yeah. Um, but it's mostly on topics that are not their work, not their product, their productive work, but it's about the meta work. Like, did I get paid? Uh, what's happening? Am I trading this shift? Like, oh, can I get this? Uh, can I pick up this shift or do that schedule? They want to do those things. Those are valuable tools uh, that the employees um, want to use. And so the adoption of those two things has, um, you know, has been paramount. Over the past year and that's just changed some focus on you know we, we just listen to our customers they tell us what's next usually and uh, we keep adding more features and adjustments there so
0: what are they anticipating what what are you looking at in terms of the market's dynamics and your customers needs in the next year or two say
1: yeah yeah no i appreciate that i think um for us one of the biggest epiphanies through this process has been um, how much more employers uh, need to think about the employee experience in a shift-based environment, right? There's been a lot in the past five years of discussion about the employee experience driving um, HR technology in knowledge worker environments. Um, And so there's like emerging domains of applications where there are vendors out there building solutions for things like, performance management and continuous performance and engagement surveys and, uh, you know, benefits and well-being and mental health, right? Like you've, there's vendors in all of these, there's emerging technology, big players are building modules and applications and people are using them to certain degrees, but nobody has really ever contemplated what those should be like in a shift-based environment. The shift-based environment has been relegated to, you know, scheduling, clocking, payroll, Right. There's like nobody thinks about the HR system. Right. And so what we see with the heavy engagement and use of our system, the level of satisfaction users have with the value it provides and also the experience it gives them as an app. Um, We're looking at how do we expand as our business grows and our revenue keeps increasing and we keep hiring more people and we keep building and innovating, Um, you know, going beyond scheduling and, um, and attendance tracking, but we'll do it for other areas that make the employee's experience in that job even better, right? And so, like, how can we help them track their career? How can we help them in- improve their performance? How can, you know, how can we help them do, like, reviews and ratings? Like, um, how, how can we track uh, engagement levels? Um, you know, we're not going to do surveys per se. Like, it's – it's. I don't know the answers to these things yet, but, like, these are the questions um, in our minds, and the questions are there because I believe – Um, that there's been a seismic shift in uh, the importance of, um, you know, making the experience of working somewhere um, paramount. And I think that now that people are doing that and they've had to do it, when the job market starts surging back, and it will, people are in shift-based workplaces are going to have a lot of choice about like where they work and who they want to work for and how they want to develop their skills. And, you know, people always ask like, what's the difference with shift workers and knowledge workers? And the first thing I always say is like, very little they're human beings they're, like we're we're all the same like they worry about their families their lives they want to make enough money they like they want to grow their careers and skills and they want to buy a house and they want to live happily ever after and be in love right i mean that's that's just the description of all human beings and so there's much more in common right than there is differences um, but i think hr tech has focused on the differences um, like historically and it's time for us to start Um, you know, putting in place broader platforms with more functionality that create a great experience uh, for employees in shift-based environments. And that's where our mental energy is, Mark.
0: Martin, thank you. It was great to talk with you. This has been People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report, a publication of Recruiting Daily. This edition is brought to you by Criteria, Resumes and interviews aren't good at predicting job success and they lead to bias that gets in the way of hiring a diverse, high-performing team. Visit CriteriaCorp.com to see how Criteria can help you unlock the potential in your candidate pool. That's www.CriteriaCorp.com. People Tech is a member of Evergreen Podcasts. You can check out other shows at www.EvergreenPodcasts.com. And to keep up with HR technology, visit the HCM Technology Report every day. We're the most trusted source of news in the HR tech industry. Find us at www.hcmtechnologyreport.com. I'm Mark Pfeffer.
1: The world's best known investor and Wall Street expert, Warren Buffett, once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel. Faith in the news media has been challenged,
0: making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter Podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will
1: answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more.